0: And welcome to Starkville House of L. This is Steve along with you this week, and I want to apologize about the delay. Um, it has been a crazy past week and a half on my end of things. Of course, Derek isn't with us; he's been out of town doing some work with John Schneider, but he'll be back. You'll have an interview up pretty soon, uh, if not along with this episode. But uh, i'm sorry about the delay. I know that we are just probably you 're listening to this hours away from fracture the next episode of Smallville so and I know you hate running I hate running the shows together and and so I apologize but it's been a crazy week with sickness and some other real life issues going on, and uh, I would appreciate your patience. The reason this is seventy six Instead of episode 77 is because last week I thought it was episode 77, but it was really episode 76, and we don't want to leave 76 out. So welcome to episode 76 of Starkville House of Ale, this for the episode siren. Um, we do have a sponsor here at Starkville House of Ale and want to mention them, Popular Fidelity, over at com. Uh, they're a great news site, humor news, entertainment news, uh, world news, political news, all kinds of things with a great slant of humor and, and a nice look at things. So go check them out at Popfi, popfi.com. Well, let's jump right into some news that pertains to Smallville. The writer's strike is over. Uh, and they voted this past Tuesday to go ahead and end it by an overwhelming majority. And CW has ordered five more episodes of Smallville. Now, these episodes will most likely be placed after Veritas, and it's going to bring the season total of episodes to 20 instead of what we regularly get, like, 22, I believe. So this is going to be a great thing for uh, Smallville fans, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, the quality won't suffer for trying to rush production on some of these episodes. But now Veritas's ending has been retooled so that it's not the same cliffhanger that was going to be for the season finale. However, Veritas still promises to be a huge, huge episode. That will be episode 15 of this season. Um, now, we don't know. Maybe the, the the calendar and schedule may get changed around as far as when the new episodes will be out based on the fact they've got five more. In my mind, what they should do is go ahead and stick to what they've got and then just give us five weeks in a row of Smallville after another, what will probably end up being a month, a six-week hiatus. Hopefully they'll be able to do that, and we'll have a season finale sometime toward the end of May. But just kind of keep up with us here at Starkville House of L. We'll keep you posted when things are going. Now, Siren's ratings were substantially up last week, which is a good news for Smallville, good news for the CW, but I think it also points to something, that whenever there's a new superhero-type character that comes to town, people are interested to see how they handle it on Smallville. I don't know that this means people like the way they handle it, and I don't know if this means that there needs to be a Green Arrow spinoff show or there needs to be another superhero spinoff show. I think there's definitely an audience, though, for these team-up episodes with Smallville. And so uh, the, the ratings being up, I, that just means the ratings were up. And it's a good thing, and hopefully people saw something they liked and they'll come back and the ratings will stay up for Smallville over the next few weeks. But that's kind of it right now in news that we've got for Smallville. Uh, Let's jump into our recap, uh, for those of you who may have missed it for the past week, of Siren. Uh, Go check out svfan.com. He's got screen caps and trailers and everything. Just don't steal his stuff. It's a great site, so go check out JC's screen caps and trailers and and just a great site over at svfan.com. Dot com. The show opens up with Chloe in the Daily Planet, and Chloe's intercepting a file. She's on the phone, or she's on her little earpiece talking to somebody, and she's intercepting a, a picture file. Now, this is important. We never really see what a picture file is, but it's definitely a picture file, as we find out later on. And she's intercepting it, and as she finally gets it downloaded to a DVD to take it to whoever it is she's talking to, she's attacked by a woman uh, we, we at first just see her face she 's got the canary mask painted on everything. We know it 's the black canary and as Chloe gets into the elevator, a cool moment where a knife just slices right through the ele- you know right before the elevator doors close and it sticks into the wall right next to Chloe up on the roof. The black canary is revealed in all of her glory, and Green Arrow shows up to help. Well, as Green Arrow takes a couple of shots with his uh, bow and arrow at Black Canary, she uses her canary cry, and in a really cool moment, just shatters Green Arrow's arrows. Arrows, arrows. Just, you know, just repeating myself today, just saying words twice. She shatters Green Arrow's arrows. I mean, there's really no other way to say that. And then she gets away by rappelling over the side of the building, and... Um, you know, much to the chagrin and amazement of Ollie and Chloe there on the roof of the Daily Planet. As the show opens up after the opening credits uh, on the farm, it's just, I mean, it's an uncomfortable moment for everybody, whether it's the viewers, the people acting, I don't know. It was just a really uncomfortable moment. So Tom Welling and, and Kristen Crook did their job as Lana and Clark just have an awkward good morning okay, I'm off kind of moment as Clark comes downstairs and Lana's kind of packing her stuff up for the day. Nothing's really said, just a few looks here and there, and Clark's gone. So obviously they're having a hard time, you know, getting things back to where they were. Back at the planet, uh, Lois is getting on the elevator, and she bumps into Dinah Lance. Now, Dinah Lance is, in this show, a conservative talk show host. And basically as they're talking – (laughs) <laughs> there are a few great lines as Lois and Dinah are talking. One is about, she says, have you come to witness an execution? And Dinah says, well, if you check your facts, you'd know those are legal in the state anymore. And then she mentions that her liberal boyfriend is back in town talking to Lois, of course, Dinah is, talking about Oliver Queen. And Lois hasn't realized this yet, and so it's kind of an awkward moment there in the elevator chloe is looking through mugshots to find her attacker when clark shows up with lunch for chloe and of course chloe says let me guess ham and swiss and clark said yeah your favorite chloe says not really i've told you that the past three days clark asks if she knows anything about brainiac chloe says not since yesterday when you talked to me and um and Clark begins to confront her about, you know, her or Chloe confronts Clark with her about his problems with Lana, and then suddenly Clark realizes and sees that Chloe's face is kind of messed up. She's got a place on her face where it's hurt, and she begin. He confronts her about moonlighting as, you know, Green Arrow sidekick, and uh, and they kind of have a neat little moment there where Chloe's like, Clark, I can take care of myself, and I'm pretty safe. Well, it's not good enough for Clark. So Clark goes to Oliver's apartment or Oliver's penthouse to confront him about putting Chloe in danger. And he and Oliver have a nice little showdown. And it's another one of those moments where Oliver did this a lot during Season 6 when he was around. He would call Clark on the carpet about not using his powers to help out where he could. And in this case, it's no different. You know, first off, Clark comes in and he crawls all over, he crawls all over Ollie about... Um, putting low, uh, putting Chloe in, Chloe's. <laughs> putting Chloe in danger. And, um, you know, and, and Ollie says, what, you don't? You know, you're always putting people in danger. You know, I'm not putting any more danger than you normally have. And then, you know, he gets on Ollie about trying to do something good. And Ollie says, you know what, I'm out trying to save the world. I'm out trying to help the world. You are the one who's selfish. Because cause Clark calls Oliver selfish. He says, you're the one who's selfish because you're sitting at home on a farm in your perfect little world and you're refusing to use your powers to help people out. And so when that kind of comes around, Clark has no argument. And he really doesn't have any argument for that. I mean, you know, how can he argue? Because that's truly what he's doing. And so uh, he, he kind of changed the subject to who is this woman that attacked her and that kind of thing, and they begin to try to figure out what's going on. Well, then we go to the Luther Mansion, and we see that Black Canary is, and she's not called Black Canary yet, uh, she's working for Lex. Now, he's convinced her that Green Arrow and the Justice League are terrorists blowing up all his facilities, going around, causing him all kinds of problems. And so she thinks she's doing the right thing. And I think it's interesting right here that, that we begin to see who this Black Canary character is. It's not just that she is a mercenary and she's not just, you know, for hire to the highest bidder. She is truly concerned about justice and truly concerned about doing the right thing the best way she knows how to be. Now. You know, no matter what your political views are, you know they paint her as a conservative talk show host, which I think is really cool that you put her a conservative. And in the comics, Ollie was always this bleeding heart liberal. You know, you kind of put them together to clash a little bit, and that's that's an interesting dynamic that would be seen. It would be fun if we could see him flesh it out um, on down the line. But you know, here she is. She's really trying to do what she thinks is best and what she thinks is good for. You know, the world and for, uh, you know, for her, for what's, how do I say this? She's just trying to really do what's right. It's not about a mercenary, you know, I'll go, I'll work for the highest bidder kind of thing. Um, We then go to ISIS, to the ISIS Foundation, where Lana is signing off something and Lionel shows up. And Lionel asks Lana for help Uh, because he's trying to connect Lex to the death of Julian. And so he's wanting Lana to look through, and he's wanting to look through with Lana all the old footage that she has from the Luther mansion to see if he can find anything to incriminate Lex. Now, we'll talk about this in a little bit as far as what Lionel is now doing and how the roles with Lionel and Lex have been reversed a little bit. Um, while they're talking, you know, she says, No, I'm not going to help you out. And he says, Well, listen, does Clark know about the woman who you held hostage? And she says, We were treating her. And he says, Oh, yeah, you did a great job. That's why she ended up dead. You know, and Lana's like, Well, there was nothing we could do. And he's like, Well, then why haven't you told Clark this? So he's beginning to hold Lana's mistakes and the things Lana has done through ISIS and the things she did while Clark wasn't around, but the phantom was masquerading as Clark. He's holding this stuff now over her head. Well, he has a great line as he's getting ready to leave, and he says, well, call me when you're ready for movie night. And that's just classic, classic Lionel because he knows he's in control. He knows he's got things, you know, pretty well in hand, and uh, and Lana's just kind of sitting there stunned because she doesn't know what to do. Uh, back at the planet, we see Dinah Lance break into Chloe's desk. Now, this is for those of us or for those of you who may not have realized That Donna Lance and Black Canary were the same person because they do do a a good, (laughs) do do, they do a great job of having her disguised with the wig and everything, which is reversed from how it is in the comics, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But Donna Lance breaks into Chloe's desk and she pulls out her cell phone and checks to see who the last person she was talking to, you know, before she was attacked, and of course it was Oliver. We jump back from this scene to the ISIS Foundation, and the reason is to give Donna Lance a chance to change into Black Canary. Clark goes to see uh if Lana can help track down Chloe's attacker. He wants to know if she's been to the mansion before. Lana says she wasn't in the, any of the footage that she had, you know, prior to when her her feed was cut off. And she begins to talk to Clark and they begin to have a confrontation about, you know, the way their relationship's been and And Clark says, "Look, and she tells Clark she opens up about the woman who she was treating, and and she passed away well, of course, Clark freaks out, and Lana kind of bags back at Clark and she says, Do you know how hard it is to wake up in the morning and be so scared that you 're going to fail you know in the eyes of the person you care about the most because you 're so perfect, you never do anything wrong. You sit up on your on your lofty little pulpit and you look down on the rest of us. Well, it kind of stings Clark when she says this, but Clark says something really." interesting and i think is a is a great insight into lana's character and it's a great insight into the character clark has become because clark looks at lana he says i don't think it's me that you've let down and what he's trying to tell lana is lana you've let yourself down here now i know sometimes i get a little too carried away and into the psyche of things but y'all this is clark being open with lana saying listen i love you and and I know that you're going to make mistakes, and I know you're not perfect, but who has been rooting for you? I told you back weeks ago that you haven't gone as far to the dark side as you think you have, and you're not beyond, you know, getting your life straightened out and getting things fixed. And Clark's really, what you see is Clark really rooting for Lana because Clark is looking at her and he's basically saying, You haven't let me down. You have let yourself down. And in doing that, you've kind of projected this on everything else. And so I think that's really insightful of Clark. And I think it's a great wake up call for Lana to begin to realize that I've got to pull myself back and come back from this place that I've gone to and begin to really do the good work that I know I can do. And that, you know, that's what Lana needs to do. Back at Oliver's penthouse, Lois shows up and they have their reunion and they, you know, and it's a, it's a nice, sweet little thing. And of course that chemistry is right back there again, but Canary shows up, you know, and messes things up and you know, Lois, of course, thinks that Oliver's having a woman her. But um, what happens is, is is Canary uses her Canary Cry, and all the glass around Ollie's penthouse sh- shatters. That is the same thing with that little clock wall there. And so when all that shatters and breaks, the green arrow stuff gear is revealed, and Lois sees, you know, realizes she puts all the pieces together and realizes that Oliver is the green arrow Um she's ticked off by this of course and when we come back from her seeing that she and ollie are tied up and lois is just going off on ollie and she's going off on the fact that he set up someone to kiss her last year so she would get thrown off his trail she mentions, she says you know all these times you left me you're going out to play with your compound bow and he says well i never really took the compound bow and you know they they just have a have kind of fighting lois is just going off. i mean lois is just going 90 to nothing as is lois's character and all of a sudden <laughs> uh, canary just knocks her out you know and she's like gosh i'd never thought she'd shut up uh. and she confronts oliver about being a terrorist she says you know you and your little terrorists have gone and you've done all this and he says terrorists you know i we're not terrorists have you looked to see what it is that you're protecting here and what lex has been doing and he really kind of op- begins to open her eyes up to what has gone on, and so obviously off screen, she starts doing a little bit of snooping and, and a little bit of digging for what is to come down the road. Well, Clark shows up at the planet, and he and Chloe begin to unlock the mystery of who the Black Canary is through looking at some computer records and that kind of thing. And they pull up Dinah Lance's picture, and you know they replace the hair on the on the picture and everything, and and they realize, well, this is who it is. It's she's the Black Canary. And Clark actually names her the Black Canary. Chloe says something about Yellow Songbird or Yellow Screech or something like that. And Clark says, I like Black Canary better. And, you know, so I thought that was a cool moment when Clark named her the actual Black Canary. Well, there's a transfer of money going from Lex's account into Dinah's account. And Chloe stops it so that what that will do is bring Black Canary to the Daily Planet. And when she shows up black canary and clark have a neat little confrontation where she goes to kick clark and you know honestly even though i know who clark is and even though i know that nothing like that's going to happen i was like all right well she's about to kick you know start to show what she can do and she kicks and she just falls down on the ground and clark i'm like oh yeah she can't do anything to clark until she unleashes her canary cry you know and of course that just plays haywire with clark's super sensitive hearing and um And he goes down, and when he comes back up, you can see his ears bleeding and everything, and she's gotten away. So just a great moment when she uses that canary crown, Clark to make her get away. Well, back at the Luther Corp Tower, Lana's in Lionel's office, and she's waiting on Lionel, obviously, and for some reason she just takes it upon herself to begin to look through his mail. And she comes across an envelope that is sealed with the old-fashioned like wax seal where you take the melted wax and put your insignia on there, and seal the envelope and it looks like a v that it's been sealed with and um so uh we'll talk about that in just a little bit because they made a point of really showing lana checking this out and made a point of that wax seal and everything well Lionel comes in and lana tells him you know well i've told clark everything you can't hold this over me i have my head anymore uh i'm not going to help you do this and you know this is not me and and Lionel says, Well, I guess you took more than my son's name, you know. Once again saying, Lana, you've learned how to play the game. You've learned how to play, you know, the 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 role of that 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 manipulator and you've learned from the best. And so, you know, just a just a quick jab at Lana as she's, you know, getting ready to leave and trying to do the right thing. Um, back at Ollie's, Clark and Chloe show up to help Lois, who tries to divert their attention from the Green Arrows equipment. She um and this was a funny moment because she's like, hey, I never really noticed the view. There's broken glass all around. Ollie's apparently missing, you know, for all that they know. Uh, she's been attacked, and she's like, hey, check out the view. I've never noticed with all the glass around. And she's, and then she turns around, They and they won't stop looking at Ollie's closet, you know, where there's Green Arrow stuff. She's like, I know, Archery, what a dumb hobby. Hon. Can you believe he's got this thing, this this type of walk-in closet? You won't find that in the Sharper Image catalog. And, just really does a lame job of trying to cover for Ollie. But Clark and Chloe never let on that they know what's going on because that would end up having to let in on the fact that something's going on with Clark. We don't know this yet, but Ollie's gone to Lex's. Canary's already there, and she's telling Lex that she's changed her mind because she's looked into his his warehouse and everything. She's like, you know, your technical warehouse, you know, doesn't distribute any computers. No one does this. You know, and she's like, something else is going on here and and I'm not going to help you out anymore. Well, Lex just pulls a gun out and shoots her in the arm. I mean, there's not much talk. There's not much discussion. He just coldly and callously shoots her. And granted, he just shoots her in the arm, but he still shoots her. Well, as she goes down and he's getting ready to finally, I mean, and he's going to kill her. He's going to kill Black Canary. Green Arrow shows up, and they have a fight. Now, this is really, really a cool moment, and, and hopefully we've got some good, and I know we've got some good screen caps of the fight, because what we get to see is the fact that Lex can fight. Lex is not some rich, spoiled boy who can't do anything and who can't hold his own. He and Green Arrow have a really cool fight. I mean, they're they're matching each other move for move. As they're fighting, you know, Green Arrow tries to get an arrow shot off, and it misses. There are uh, security guards that come in and get shot with an arrow, get shot with a bullet. You know, is down, and then she starts to come up, and... Lex goes down on the floor at one point, and he comes back, and he goes near one of the guns that had gotten knocked out of his hand. He he would grabbed a whole other gun. And so now he's holding two guns, and he takes a shot at the Green Arrow. He takes a shot at Black Canary, and, and Green Arrow shoots his arrow at Lex. Black Canary throws one of her little feather knives or whatever they're called at, at Lex. About that time, Clark comes running. Of course, everything goes into slow motion, and Clark kind of surveys the situation. He sees what's going on he He runs and he swats the bullet away that's gonna hit Ollie. He swats the arrow away that's gonna hit Lex, and he stops and he sees the knife headed at Lex and I'm gonna say that he sees that the knife is not going to mortally wound what Lex. it's just gonna hurt him a little bit and um and he goes instead of getting in front of Lex or stopping the knife, he goes and jumps in front of the bullet that would hit Dinah, and he actually gets Dinah out of there. And, of course, Lex is kind of thrown back by the force of the knife throwing, being thrown at him and everything. And he's down on the ground with a knife in his arm. And and Green Arrow just walks out like it's nobody's business, you know, and, and, of course, has a smart aleck coming as he's leaving. But that was a great, great moment. I really, really enjoyed that whole fight scene and everything that went on there. It was just really super cool. That was obviously the climax of the situation as everything's winding down, you know, you, we get to see Lois go back to Oliver's apartment, and she basically tells him that she can't deal with the double life that he leads. You know, and he's asking her, you know, I've got to go, and, and, you know, my work keeps me away, but maybe I can come back on the weekends and we can see each other. She's like, no, I can't share you with the world. You're doing something important. And it's it really echoes um, Margot Kidder's talk to Clark at the end of Superman two when she says, I, you know, I'm jealous, I'm selfish when it comes to you, and I'm jealous of the whole world, and I can't do this. This is not something that I can do every day again, and, and, and I can't share you with the world. So that's what she tells Oliver, and, um, you know, and it was a real good scene. It was a nice scene, but it was not as good a scene as the next scene when Clark goes to Lois's apartment, and they begin to talk, and Lois just opens up. And she says, do you know what it's like to look in the eyes of someone whose destiny is so much greater than yours? And you know that you'll never be able to, you know, to be number one in their life, that that all this is going on. And Lois is really, really hurting. And it's a great moment by Erica Durant's Lois because seldom do we get to see in this show Lois be vulnerable. Even in her most vulnerable moments, she's putting up the shield. She's putting up the wall, and she's kind of keeping herself at bay. But here with Clark... She is totally opening up and totally letting loose. And I just, I'm not one of the shippers. I don't get on the, you know, the old bandwagons for the relationship trains. But I was a Clovis fan that moment because it was just so real between those two. And you saw their connection. And they've had great chemistry since season four with Lois coming in. I mean, you know, in their little spats and little fights and little smart little comments here. And they've had a great chemistry with each other. And so for now her to come in, and they have this great moment where she just absolutely opens up to Clark like no one else, and, and they hug, and then she makes the joke about, well, at least I still have you to hang with. It was just a great, great, great moment to me. Um, we then go up to the roof and I want to say maybe the roof of the daily planet and Clark's there with Ollie and, and he says, you know, maybe you guys can work it out. Maybe one day she'll be able to deal with the whole dual identity thing. And Ollie makes the comment. He used, he says the line about, yeah, sure. When the earth cracks open and time turns back, um, which is obviously a reference to Superman, the movie. And, um, you know, so that was kind of neat. I don't get why they put a reference to Superman, the movie right there, but, You know, it was still a neat reference to Superman the movie. Um, But they talk about that, and Dinah shows up because she's asked to meet both of them, and she's basically she's saying she's not going to do the Black Canary thing anymore, that it's over for her. But Ollie and Clark talk to her and convince her to join the team. They convince her to join the Justice League, basically. And... You know, she sold on it. I mean, immediately sold on it, so much so that she turns and starts trying to recruit Clark. And she says, well, why don't you come join us? We could use someone who can bounce bullets off his back. And he says, no, um, not right now, maybe someday. So uh, Ollie and Donna walk off talking about Ollie's taste in women. She's like, you know you have terrible taste in women. So there is the beginning of that relationship. And we end the show with Klana and i don't really know what to say there clark comes in and he he kind of says i stole a lamborghini i ripped off some ATMs he basically says i've been anything but perfect and he's trying to show her that he is not you know everything that she thinks that he is and he's trying to salvage this relationship guys let's be honest this relationship's unsalvageable all you Kalana shippers out there it's time to get over it and time to let it go this show is going to move forward we have to move forward past Clark and Lana, and um, but hopefully they can break up in a good way. Hopefully it can end well, and it doesn't have to be one of these big, dramatic, I hate you for a whole season of television until I realize I love you things, because it's time for those. But that's, you know, then uh, cue the closing credits as they have their nice little moment Overall, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was not looking forward to Siren. I did, I was not thinking that it was going to be. I, sorry, Angel Wings on the forum. I know that you're a huge Canary fan, but I just was not looking forward to this. I thought that it was going to be the low point of the season, and I was pleasantly surprised by how good the show was. You, you take the Lionel and Lana moments, you take the Lex and Green Arrow fight, you take the fact that they, that the character of Black Canary was really done so that we like this character. It's hard to open up with someone attacking Chloe and you turn around and like the character. Not just because she's attacking Chloe, but because she's attacking one of the heroes of the show right off the bat. It's hard, you know, to, to bring you back around to actually being invested in enjoying that character. But they did a great job with it. Did a wonderful job with Black Canary. And, uh, I think I said the Lex Ollie fight was great. The Clark in Lois moment is what sold this episode for me, though. It really, I, there was just something about that moment that I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved. The thing is, though, is, is I was not real familiar with the history of who the Black Canary was. I knew her from, I was first introduced to Black Canary when I was reading Mark Wade and Grant Morrison's run on the Justice League back in the 90s on JLA. And they did a JLA year one maxi-series that went for 12 months. And Black Canary, of course, figured in huge into that, um, that series. And that's kind of where I was first introduced to her. I also read a little bit of JSA here and there. But I've never, growing up, I was never a big DC guy. I was always more of a Marvel zombie. And so... um I got in touch with Angel Wings. I really wanted to try to get Angel Wings on the show with me, but to have that female voice, and she wasn't able to do it. But she did do a little bit of digging, and she put together for me a history of the Black Canary. So I want to say thanks to her. Um, And I'll kind of give you this, because I think this is a neat way to look at how... How different, because Smallville always does the Smallville origins of their character. You know, you never get the comic book origins. You always get the Smallville origins, and they do a good job. Dinah Drake was introduced as a Black Canary during the Golden Age. Now, that's way back in the uh, the Golden Ages, early, early, early 1900s. Um, you're looking at the 40s. You're looking at the 30s, 40s-ish for Golden Age. Um, but it was Flash Comics number 86, she was created by Robert Kaniger and artist Carmine Infantino. And, um, you know, she, uh, like a lot of characters that got introduced in that time, she ended up kind of fading in the background for a while. Uh, but this is who she was. Dinah Drake was trained to fight all of her life by her father, and she dreamed of being a detective on the Gotham PD. Um, they wouldn't rehire, and so she started doing her own detective work at night under the alias Black Canary. Now, she did wear a mask. At first, in the comics, it it was a big, it looked a lot like um, Jean Grey's mask originally from uh, the X Men comic, Um, but that eventually came off. It didn't last long. She was first thought to be a villain, uh, much like in Smallville. Um, Johnny Thunder and Thunderbolt found out she was actually undercover and trying to uncover a criminal gang. She joined the Justice Society of America, or the JSA, but once they stopped publishing the JSA, uh, you know, Black Canary kind of disappeared. When you hit the Silver Age of comics, which is that 1950s, 60s, a little bit into the 70s, but mostly that 50s, 60s range, in DC Comics, what they were doing is they would they, they, they had set up two Earths. There was Earth 1 and Earth 2. Earth 1 were, were characters as they currently existed in DC Comics, and on Earth 2, you had all your Golden Age characters, you know, so they had been allowed to age, Superman, Batman, I believe Huntress was from Earth-2. Anyhow, Black Canary lived on Earth-2. She'd gotten married. Um, She was joined up with the Justice Society on Earth-2, which that's where they were all from. Uh, Her husband gets killed, and she decided to move to Earth-1. Now, this is where things get tricky, and I just want to give kudos to uh, Angel Wings because it's almost like she had this knowledge and instead of trying, and, and she put some wiki information here, but it's almost like the, the way she gave me this knowledge is that she had this knowledge and she just knew you couldn't find it anywhere. Um, when, she joined, when she moved to Earth-1 and joined the Justice League, she started dating the Green Arrow. Now, by this time, her, her name was Donna Lance. She'd married Larry Lance, so she changed her last name, of course, to Lance. But she started dating Green Arrow, and she suddenly decide, discovered that she had a supersonic cry, but it was never fully explained. Now, I'm just gonna quote Angel Wings. Here comes a part that's been deleted from DC's history. You will find this in no official Black Canary biography. In Justice League America of America two nineteen and two hundred twenty, it's revealed that the current black canary is actually the original Black Canary's daughter. And what had happened is is there had been some type of mind transfer into the body of her daughter who was in suspended animation And they made her forget it. And so when she showed up, she had her daughter's metagene, which gave her superhuman powers, to be able to do her canary cry. Um, All that's been done away with, of course, and changed with DC's crisis stuff. Um, Dinah Drake Lance married Larry Lance, and they had a daughter named Dinah Lance. This is from post-crisis. Uh, early 80s uh, history. Dinah Laurel grew up around the other members of the Justice Society and trained with them. She took over her mother's role as Black Canary against her mother's wishes. Dinah Laurel was born with the metagene, which gives her a supersonic scream, which has been dubbed the Canary Cry. In an issue of Birds of Prey, it was established that Dinah married very young, but the marriage ended quickly. Dinah operated out of her own uh, on her own out of Gotham for a while, and then joined the Justice League. She met Green Arrow and initially could not stand him. You know, which that's how all the good ones always start. But eventually they began dating. Um, there is uh, a, 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 an age thing between Greeno and Black Canary. If initially, when they started dating, you know, Dinah was older than Oliver, but now that they've redone continuity and everything, um, Oliver is, of course, older than Dinah. Uh, she took part in an investigation of a drug ring, which led her to be kept kidnapped and tortured. She lost her canary cry and the ability to have children. Her relationship with Oliver would end soon after. She discovered that she had a child with another... Well, Oh, sorry. She discovered that Ollie had another a child with another woman and that he had been taking money from her business. And so she broke it off when he discovered Ollie kissing her assistant. Because... The thing about Oliver Queen is he was always a bit of a womanizer. Uh, her bad luck continues, and shortly after, Sherwood Flores is in debt and forced to close. Because the thing about Dinah Lance, or, or, or in the comics, is she and her mother were florists by day and you know heroes by night. During Oliver Queen's death, uh, when he really died in the comics first time around, she finds out he had Connor Hawk, who we all knew ended up being the second Green Arrow. Barbara Gordon, now known as Oracle, who used to be Batgirl, by the way, tracks down Dinah at her lowest point and offers her a job with the Birds of Prey. She gives her an electronic version of the canary cry, and Dinah unknowingly begins dating Raz al Ghul, who later saves her life when she's mortally wounded. He put her in a Lazarus pit, which revives her, and repaired all the damage done to her during the kidnapping in Senile. Senile. <laughs> Seattle. I'm going senile going through this history. Uh, And Donna got her canary cry back and is able to have children again as well. Um, So that's, I mean, you know, of course, you're looking at a history of, if you just start in the 80s, early 80s, you're looking at a history of 20-plus years of them bringing this this, in this character. I didn't see anything where it would seem that she had an electronic canary cry in Smallville. Rather, it looked to be the real deal, um, something, you know, superhuman about her. That she had, so that's interesting. Also, it's interesting to note that um, there's never any mention of her mother. So this is obviously something they're doing away with in Smallville continuity. But the thing is, is it works just like most of these Smallville origins do. It works with with Black Canary being this person. And granted, she's working out of Metropolis instead of Gotham that's fine whoopty-doo you know big big deal it was a good episode and i want to say thanks to angel wings for that history and that's just for those of you who weren't familiar with the black canary as i was not as familiar as i needed to be with the black canary but there was a lot of other stuff going on in this episode other than just um the black canary And, and the one thing is that envelope there's been some talk on the forums about it and uh you know, it's one of those things where why would you show this if it's not important? And I think it is important. We're going to find out how important it is um, as far as what's in there and what's going on. I think the the key is that V uh, on the seal. Um, someone mentioned it might come from Virgil Swan. Normally when people have a seal that, that would be their initial or in the name, they're going to use their last name rather than their first. So it would that would have been an S. Uh, I would think more along the lines of there's maybe some type of secret society involved. I'm just saying, um, some type of company esque secret organization that um, you may be surprised, or you may not be surprised if you if you're following spoilers as to what's going on. I also want. I think it's interesting that Lionel is is trying to pin this death of Julian on Lex, which you know we all know that Lex was responsible, but Lionel really has no proof other than his own personal hunches. And I think it's interesting that now the roles have been reversed from season three because if you remember in season three, Lex was obsessed with trying to get his father, you know, indicted for murder. Well now, you know, here comes the difference. In in Lionel, I don't think we see the obsession in Lionel yet that we saw in Lex, but Lionel is pretty quick to jump on this thing. And and you gotta wonder why. Is there a desperation here? Is is this, does Lionel just see his opportunity to get his company back if he can get this thing pinned on Lex? Um, is there fear? Does Lionel think that if Lex will come after his brother that he'd now come after him? You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's an interesting, interesting, interesting role reversal, and it's worth thinking about. Um, what do you think? Let us know. Email us at... Mail at com, or talk to us on the forums. Go jump in on the forums. There's a lot of neat conversations going on there under the siren post and under um, some other upcoming episode things to talk about. Of course, you know, we all have the most fun in the Unmentionables where there's now a battle for the existence of Power Rangers going on apparently. I don't know. But uh, we do have a good time in the forums, so you can go to com and check those out. Or you can just go to Podcast dot com and click on the forums tab. Do go to Podcast dot com. There's a lot going on, and actually now we have the domain name Smallville Podcast. So if you you know if you can't think of the website name. It should be easy to remember Smallville Podcast, and if you happen to find us because you were just poking around looking for Smallville Podcast and you came that welcome. We hope you uh, like what you hear and jump on it. This is not a good episode to start out with. In fact, most episodes with me are not good to start out with. If you go to the forums, you'll find there's a favorite episode thing going on, and guess who's not a part of any of those favorite episodes? Me. But I'm not complaining. I'm not. that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So, guys, thanks so much for listening. We're going to get into some spoilers right after the music. Email us. Come chat with us on the forums. Check me out at geekoutonline.com. A lot of you have been complaining about no geek out loud. It's hard to get them done, uh, especially when you've been as busy and as sick as I've been lately. But... um. We're, we'll hopefully get on a regular schedule with those things soon. But That's geekoutonline.com is my personal blog. would love to hear from you guys over that way. Go check it out. Tell your friends about the podcast. A lot of people don't know what podcasts are in my area. And as I tell them, they start listening, they really find they like this whole medium of podcasting. And for Smallville fans, we have a good time, I think. So uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Stay tuned for spoilers. Thursday, the only thing more dangerous than entering a madman's mind is being trapped there forever. Let me give you the grand tour. Smallville, all new this Thursday at 8, 7 central on the CW. All right, what you just heard was the audio from the trailer for this Thursday's Smallville episode, Fracture. And the CW's official description reads like this. Lois follows Lex to Detroit and discovers that he has found Kara, who has amnesia. Finley, a busboy who is obsessed with Kara, fears Lex will take her away, so he shoots Lex and holds Kara and Lois captive. After Lex's comatose body is found, Chloe offers to heal him, but Clark refuses to let her. Interesting. Also from TV Guide, here is a blurb from the February 11th issue. Lex's search for Kara takes a deadly turn when he finds the amnesiac superheroine hanging out in Detroit with a gun-toting stalker, crazy busboy. Once the bullets start flying, however, the bald bad boy learns just how far he's fallen. Once Clark's done, once Clark decides he's done saving his frenemies, hide. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, a couple of things here. Lois plays an important role in finding the missing Kara. In trying to save Lex, Clark will enter Lex's mind, much like John Jones rescued Clark in Labyrinth. And while inside, Clark encounters a side of Lex that he thought was gone forever. Um, Corey Seaver is guest-starring as Finley, and or Jacob Finley is his full name, and he is the busboy who shoots Lex. Um We've talked about this before. Kara's going by the name Linda, which is a nod to her original secret identity of Linda Lee um, and Linda Danvers from the comics. So uh, that's kind of a neat thing. We're not going to see any Jimmy. Uh, it, it, kind of like in Lexis and Lexis, Lexmas, um, Lex's mother Lillian factors into the story. Um, so uh, we may get some Lillian Lex action going on here. And remember the last time we saw Lily, and she was quite disappointed with Lex. And so it'll be interesting to see where her take on things this go around and this late in the game. So that's kind of what's coming up in Fracture. It promises to be an interesting episode. And what we've seen from the director's cut is Clark is apparently going to submit himself to an apparatus that will allow him to access into Lex's mind for the purposes of saving him, I guess. And when he gets in there... Uh, of course, there'll be a red door that'll be his out, and so I'm sure there'll be some interesting stuff going there. I think this is going to be a really good episode. I'm looking forward to it because there are some questions as to what has gone on with Lex since the death of Julian, and maybe this will help in, you know, answer some of those things. It'll help us really see how far Lex has fallen. Really interested to see Clark get in there and find the good side of Lex because what that'll do is what Superman did for so long in the comics is is he said there's got to be good in this guy. There's got to still be good in him. There's still got to be good. And instead of Clark, you know, just having completely given up on Lex and having nothing to do with Lex anymore, this will be the point where Clark turns the corner and says, I've got to believe there's still good in Lex. I've got to believe there's still good in Lex. So, that's kind of where we're at, and that's the spoilers for Fractures. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Check us out at the forums at forums.houseoflpodcast.com. Check out our other podcasts that Derek and I are doing, Skynext Podcast at skynextpodcast.com. Check out our um, our sponsor at Popular Fidelity, popfi.com, and let them know that we sent you from the House of L, from Starkville House of L Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Derek is coming up with an interview Uh, with a very, very special guest interview. So stay tuned for that and check that out. Thanks, guys.